the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. Here he is, Michael Savage. Let's get rolling. Since you're early, we'll start off with something or other. So I got inspired before you came on to do a little podcast, a little YouTube piece on who listens to Savage. I went around the country and the world. The the podcast universe actually shows you by listener. It's amazing, the demographics. But the largest percentage of my audience is in America, 98%, of course, or 95. And in America, the number one audience is in New York. Isn't that interesting? A holdover from the, the from the radio days. And yeah. I, just, I, I was rapping on <clears throat> some of the news, Jeff, like the great days of the Arabs. And I said, you know, I, I, what happened was I passed Israel and I had like 2000 listeners in Israel. I said, poor Israel. I said, what just happened there on October 7th is really nothing new to the Arab Muslim world. They've been doing this since the beginning of their rampage across the globe. There's nothing new about it. They conquered a good number of countries through the same techniques that they did in Israel, murder, rape, burning and terror with small armies of 10,000 men. It's almost a, a duplicate of what Hamas just did. Yeah, I mean, you're not surprised, are you? No, no. But what I'm saying is I know the history of the great days of the Arabs and what they did. And now I see these Palestinian sympathizers in the streets of America with the scarves on. To me, they're the enemy within. There's a difference between peaceful protest of any kind, as we all know, and this violent takeover of airport roads and things like that, blocking people's access to uh, airports. I would arrest them for insurrection. That's insurrection to me. But then we have Biden, who's behind the scenes and his minions actually steaming these people up. Probably. Well, it's it's anarchy. It's anarchy. Uh, you talk to any of these people and uh, they don't know more than one sentence about what they're supposedly so passionate about. Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Middle East on the brink. North Korea on the brink. Iran increasing its aggression. Elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989-898. 
9-8. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-8998 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. They say end the occupation. And then you ask them, have you ever been to Israel? They scream at you and they never have been there. Well, of course, there's there's nothing but hostility there. There's anger looking for an outlet. Uh, If these people were educated, if they were interested in being educated, they would take time to read some history. They they can't be bothered with that. It gets back to the old Hegelian idea of oppressed and oppressor um, and Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. They see the world in black and white that way, and they just move from one so-called oppressor to another. You know, and what was really amazing was when I saw the signs. I love all the papers behind you. What are those papers behind you, Jeff? Are those old? That's that's actual paper. You know, those are (laughs) magazines from from the from the day. Jeff. You wrote many of the Clancy books or all of them? I wrote most of the um, Tom Clancy's Op Center. The, that was the first series uh, that had started in 1994. What was the one in the submarine? Did you write that book originally? No, no. Hunt for Red October. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was Tom Clancy. And, and uh, Larry Bond was involved with that somehow. I don't I don't know the specifics of that. But um, what um, <clears throat> is Tom Clancy still around? No past he's he's been gone for quite a while <laughs> shows you how up to date i am on current events sorry about that that's all right. uh what are you doing these days um I, I can't talk much about um what i have sold to motion pictures but that is all now that the strikes are over in development and uh, the first movie will be out in 2025 are so, they com- uh, based on comic books yeah Okay. Yes. And uh, you relate I, I, a little a little bit to my friend Stephen, right? Are involved? <clears throat> yes. Wow. I, he never told me that you told me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, uh, non-disclosures involved in this, but you you are exactly. Why right. can't you do a comic strip called my, the Savage Nation? <laughs> you know, with enough money, you can do anything. <laughs> My audience would love me as a comic book character. Speaking well, of which, you know, you, yeah, I saw I saw your RCA Victor dog there. <laughs> Nipper the dog. I mean, since yeah. Teddy went, the only benefit to this dog is it's not a, it's not a machine like most dogs, and yeah. it doesn't pee on your furniture. But other than that, you know, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. It can't lick you. It can't love you. It can't look at you. It can't give you that sense that you uh, are loved by someone totally <laughs> michael michael you're you're revealing so much in just these simple statements uh what do i what do i got to hide so i was rapping in the youtube piece jeff it's in a good introduction i i pulled out the uh this that my friend dan horowitz gave to me maybe 15 years ago with all of the great jazz artists yeah all yeah. almost all african-americans and i said look what's happened to the African-American world of music, these were pure geniuses, okay? Th- these were pure geniuses. Now, how do you compare that with what's going on with 
music that how do you even call it music compared to like Art Blakey? I mean, rubbing your crotch. I'm going to bang her. I'm going to hang her. I'm going to mang her. What kind of music is that? You're asking the wrong person, Mike. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. It's not, that, it's not that I don't have an opinion. It's just that it's going to mirror yours. And I'm trying not to, you know, there's always, think think back to when uh, Stravinsky wrote Rite of Spring or uh, or uh, the Firebird Suite and uh, or even Tchaikovsky with the first piano concerto, how critics were saying, this is barbaric music. It's You can't listen to music. <laughs> Coffin is it's terrible. Oh, so you're and saying that rap music's gonna be seen as like Stravinsky? No, I, I don't you know, <laughs> come on. I don't know that, but what I what I am I hear saying, you. No, I hear you. I know that the waltz was considered a vile dance at the time. I I am not old enough to remember that as you are. I was around, I, yeah. You, I was around in the, I was around in the eighteen hundreds, I remember. Yeah. You and Johann Strauss. You know. Yes, I remember him very well. He likes Strudel and <laughs> Yes, Johann likes he liked his strudel. And if I remember correctly, on a cold winter's day in Vienna, he liked very much the strudel and the bratwurst. Like Kissinger. Well, you know, it got it got cold in the Vienna woods. So like uh, Kissinger lived to a hundred and whatever. And he used to eat, his diet came out. They said he liked he liked uh, uh Wiener Schnitzel and uh Bratwurst. I said, Oh, what a great diet, salted fat. Yeah. I, I have no explanation for that. But there's the, the nutritional yeah. rogue, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, what do you think? You know, what's your opinion of Kissinger's legacy? Well, it depends. I mean, he, he was a towering figure, regardless of what you thought of his individual decisions. And uh, his his impact was was pronounced. And I always found that when, when he spoke without... Um, without a particular crisis at hand, when he was just uh, using wisdom, uh, I was always very impressed with what he had to say. Mm, you had great, oh, cho- great choice of words. His word choices were amazing, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And um, anybody, I'm interested in hearing from anybody who has lived through what he has lived through or he lived through and uh, his age, uh, Wisdom is under under cherished in uh, in our wisdom in general is on. Of course, look what they do to me and you. Well, (laughs) you know, you talk about wisdom. There's an actress. She's a fairly good actress has gotten the credit for talking about separate bedrooms in married couples. Right. You know, that sounds eerily familiar to me. So I went and looked up psychological nudity and I have a whole chapter on separate bedrooms that I did in the radio days. I talked about only the poor, only poor sleep together their whole lives. Well, yeah, I mean, the Victorian England uh, and Warrior England, these people slept in separate rooms if they could afford. But I did it in this on radio and in the book. And come on, you're a good actress, but give me credit for God's sakes. No one gives anyone credit for anything. Everybody thinks they reinvent the wheel. Every generation, it's okay. Let it go, Michael. It's no, right. I'm going to. I'm going to make an issue of it. I did already on YouTube and here. I'm making it. <laughs> an, of course, I'm not going to make it an issue, which I've just done. No, so, no, and no. So, what we what we were talking about earlier, though, I think, is uh, before we started recording, is is I think worth mentioning uh, this idea that people today who are who are protesting are often uneducated. Uh, I saw signs, you know, queers for Palestine. Yeah, right. Chickens right. for uh, chickens for Colonel Sanders. 
Right. You know, it's it's or or the women who who are failing to to stand against rape and abuse or the fact that the Taliban has just forbidden women from studying beyond the sixth grade. Where's the outrage at all of that? You know, queers for Palestine. And I, I think back to the to the gay men who were thrown off rooftops and hanging from construction cranes in Iran, in Iran. Yeah. So. So I think if people bothered to inform themselves, we would all be a lot better off. And I'll say this, too. We, we lived through the 60s and there were similar protests and outrage and, and whatnot. But I will say that those people had more education than what we're seeing today on college campuses. Um, and um, well, I sure got an education at Kent State. Well, but there <laughs> sorry again, about that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It, listen, Kent State was a pivotal, a pivotal point. That sure where, put a damper into the protest movement when the National Guard fired on them and killed what six, seven kids. Well, yeah, and there was that famous photograph of the of the woman on her knees, uh, pointing, uh, gesturing, and uh, but it was, you know, it was one of those great resets where where things were coming to a head. They were destined to collide. You had the the National Guard. You had the protesting students. Um, it was one thing when the when the students were sticking flowers into the gun barrels. Okay, yes. that was that was different than this in your face. You know, somebody somebody's going to slip somewhere. It was somewhere in Arthurian legend. I forget what the two armies were facing one another, and it was the first one to draw a sword. The battle would be begun. And so everyone was careful not to draw a sword until a snake came crawling along and a soldier removed the sword to kill it and the battle ensued. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. You, you reach a you reach a tipping point, you reach an inflection point where you don't you're at such a hair trigger that war is inevitable. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage on Demand. How long can this go on in this country where the left is, has been at war for years now, violently at war, and the rest of the people are being cowed by it? How long can this go on? You know, I, I refer you to, refer the, the listeners to Spiro Agnew and his silent majority. I, I don't believe that a majority of Americans subscribe to this nonsense mm -hmm. and that bullying. We're just more that The awareness is heightened because of social media. We all know that. Um, so these things have always been going on. There's always been, uh, there, there have always been radicals. Remember back uh, in the day of Meyer Kahani and the Jewish Defense League, right? And, and, uh, the Black Panthers, radicals have always been among us. When Meyer Kahani was shot in Manhattan, I happened to have been staying down the street the night he was killed by chance. I'd flown from San Francisco. I was in a hotel down the street. There was a ruckus in the street. I went down. I said, what happened? They said, Maya Kahani was just killed, which I thought was phenomenally interesting to me. Like, who killed him? Who did kill Maya Kahani, by the way? I don't, I don't even know. I don't it, even know. It, yeah, nobody knows, do they? And, yeah. and Irv Rubin of the Jewish Defense League was arrested yeah. and killed in, in, a, in a jail in New York, wasn't he? In Manhattan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was thrown so, off a rooftop. They said he jumped. Sounds like Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Well, so the, again, the point is that there is nothing new uh, except our access to 
instant information, which is not necessarily a good thing because there's no gatekeeper anymore. There's no Walter Cronkite. It's been said quite often. There's nobody with the integrity of an Edward R. Murrow uh, who is going to vet the news and make sure that it's a balanced presentation, certainly mm. accurate. Um, Let, let's and, talk about balance, Jeff. Yeah. The latest scandal at Harvard. We know that Ms. Gay was selected strictly because she is African-American and gay. Everyone knows that. And she was rushed up the chain. The selection process was abridged in an unprecedented manner. Normally, it would take months to select the president at Harvard. She was rushed through by Pritzker, who's on the board, who wanted her to be president. And they kept her there despite the plagiarism scandal. Now she's fired. So she falls back to her $900,000 a year job. Can you imagine that, Jeff, as, as a, a dean? Can you imagine the country we're living in? Yeah, well, and, and also falls back on the, the allegations of racism. And, well, plagiarism uh, is a white man's construct, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, that was <laughs> sarcastically, by the way. Uh, but, you know, what, what can one say about that? Uh, you know, I was, I was following uh, what was happening at Yale um when uh, when all of this was erupting and uh, Yale had pulled Israeli couscous off the menu uh it was ret it returned as couscous not Israeli couscous uh when uh, after October 7th mm -hmm. and the explanation they they gave was they were not certain it was authentic Israeli cuisine so they didn't want to misrepresent it wow and then they restored the name Israeli to it um, Israeli couscous. I went and bought some the other day strictly because the box I found said Israeli couscous on it. Yeah. It's an antique. It'll be a collectible like Bud Light will be in years to come. Well, you know, it's it's uh, so. So this is the world we live in of imbalance. It really is no longer one of balance. And uh, how do we survive this? Where what, the, you, you mean we as Jews or we as No, America? no. America. How does America survive the tyranny of the minority? And the ignoramuses in the minority, when I say that, I don't mean that in a pejorative manner of a race. The minority of opinion is ruling this nation right now because it is being enabled by Joe Biden's minions. They want well, society upset. You, you've got another year of that, and then hopefully it will end. But here's the, here's a larger. Let's do the pullback of that before we answer that question, which is, are we, in fact, in World War Three? If you look at, mm. you've got Yemen now involved with the Houthis. You've got you've got Syria and Lebanon, which are participating with the assistance of Iran. You've got China and Taiwan going one way or the other. I, by that I mean we know where it's going. It's whether it's peaceful or not peaceful. Uh, and of course Israel and Gaza. You've got our border which has let in God knows how many uh, enemy combatants. Eight to 10 million people is the estimate. How many? Yeah, of them, but how many of them, how many of them uh, have uh, have malicious intent? Uh, we don't know. There's you, been no screening. None. You've, you've got obviously still Ukraine with NATO uh, surrounding that. You've got Turkey, whose population feels they've got enemies on on every side. So returning to that Arthurian story of pulling the sword. Mm. What's going to happen with now these heightened reports of Iran being close to uh, nuclear capability? Or Zelensky firing missiles at the Russian fleet in Sebastopol 
and then wondering why the Russians then fire rockets into into Ukraine the next day, into cities. Well, and you have to ask yourself why, and this is going to sound odd given the context, why has Putin shown relative restraint? He's a liberal, that's why. I've had experts on him say, Putin is actually a very far radical liberal who's constrained the Russian military. Yeah, no, that was a rhetorical question. I know you've had some, some wonderful people on here. Um, but what I'm saying is he's he's not getting uh, he's not being analyzed in the mainstream media with that perspective. Oh, no, they call him a dictator, a monster or this and that. I'm not supporting his invasion of Ukraine. I know the whole story going back before 2014 when John McCain went over there with Victoria Nuland and tried to start up a revolution, as, as they did in Egypt, by the way. They succeeded in Ukraine. They failed in Egypt. And the rest is history. So they've been at war since McCain went over there to destabilize the relationship between Ukraine and Russia. The question is, how does this end? It's not ending with Ukraine winning. No, how can it? And yeah, by the a- way, this actually this this war has been going on since before the charge of the light brigade in the 19th century. I mean, that was that was the Crimea. Uh, it was a Crimean <laughs> issue. You know, these these things. And, and of course, people talk about Crimea as this, oh, this is Ukraine. It's always been Ukraine. No, it hasn't. That, that's been one of the, the most um, fluid regions on the planet. But to, to get back to our original point, you have all of these hair trigger situations. Yeah. You've got all of these hot wars, more than cold wars. And so what does it take for an event in this country to bring out militias like we saw in the revolution where or, are there militias in america where are they well there there will be very quickly what do you mean you know? by militias explain that well Please. all right look back look back at reconstruct uh, we wrote about this at the uh the south um during reconstruction how long did it take the clan to take root in that in that climate and it wasn't long at all and it would not surprise me to see some kind of event here that brought brought forth a similar kind of uh, of um, militancy, a shooting war. Wait, uh, you mean between who? What side and what side? We don't we don't know yet. But you were talking about you know traditional Americans versus radical Americans. Um, does it start with a Lexington and Concord? Does it start with um, a Boston massacre? It doesn't, doesn't start with a Fort Sumter. Well, well, we don't know that either. It could. Who knows where, where uh, you know, some of these foreign nationals who have entered the country. And you saw how the cartels killed somebody in America. Uh, the, uh, was it yesterday? They put, put 16 shots into him because he wandered onto a road that they were using. Jesus. So I don't know what, what the inflection point is here either. But... It could be anywhere at any time. It could be a major city. It could be a small town, a flashpoint of some sort for enough people. Look, I know where I live, virtually everybody is armed and it would they. Yeah, but they you, live in are, a liberal, you live in a liberal state, in a liberal. I live in a liberal blue state in a liberal blue town and they're all armed everybody everybody's got guns now, who are they afraid of the white nationalist or or the mo- mobs from the cities running in there well you know when when you move to a place like this your your police force or your your sheriff's department will advise you uh 
at times to, you know, keep a firearm in the house because there's a lot of wildlife. We've got we've got uh, bobcats and coyotes. We've got rabbit animals, a lot of woodland. And um, there's also a lot of hunters. And uh, there are a lot of bow hunters as well. Mm. So people here are armed, have been traditionally armed since before the the revolution. And nothing's changing that. Even in a liberal state. Even in a liberal state. That's interesting. I wouldn't expect that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. So I don't know. I don't know where this erupts and how, but I think it would it would take an act of God to avoid it. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Well, isn't it a reflection of either the weakness or the deceit of the Joe Biden administration that not only the nation, but the whole world is unraveling to this point? It didn't happen under Trump. And I don't want to sit in and I'll talk about how great Donald Trump is. Not for one minute. Do I want to spend the rest of this interview talking about one person. But isn't it a reflection of Joe Biden's deviousness or weakness that this is going on? It's a combination of that and the complacency of too many people okay. for allowing it, you know. Um, and by the way, the, here's here's another here's another uh, trigger that we haven't even talked about: the idea that a Robert Kennedy or uh, Mansion can prevent either the Democrat or the Republican nominee from getting 270 electoral votes and the election ends up in Congress. What kind of what kind of chaos will we see then? What kind of chaos will we see if Trump wins? Oh Lord. What kind of what kind of chaos if you know if some uh outlier Democrat wins? God forbid if Biden wins again, there'll be chaos. We can't survive another four years of this division. We cannot no. I, I don't see I not only don't I see that I don't I don't see him running. I, I, I he may win the primaries up till the convention, at which point he he withdraws. I actually thought he would drop out by last June. And I had said it last year that he couldn't last till June. Now, sometimes when he speaks, he's totally cogent, probably on the very best colostrum they could find from New Zealand. Yeah. Other days, he's a complete off the off the reservation. Uh, what did I call it? Parkinsonian dementia. That is the medical definition of what he has. The shuffling gait is a giveaway that he's suffering from rather advanced Parkinsonian dementia, and he goes in and out of cogency. So why is he still there? Why doesn't he remove himself? Because he, he well, doesn't. Because he, well, why should he? He's liking the lifestyle of, of you know. Uh, Air Force One, I get it. Air Force One, 30% of his time spent on vacation. And the people propping him up are doing are doing the heavy lifting, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Uh, so, what what reason does he have to withdraw? What reason does does Jill Biden have to encourage him to withdraw? Right now, uh, he can still be useful to uh, to people. I think that Newsom was sent to China as a trial balloon to see how he would look on the world stage. Oh, absolutely, and, and the he, debate with DeSantis. And well, but the trip to China, when he met Z or Xi, however you pronounce it, yeah. he did not bow to him. It's no. very, you know, Gavin's a very good looking guy, very tall, movie star, handsome guy. I know him personally. <laughs> and you know, politically, we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum, but I've known him for many years. 
you know, intermittently. He's a very, very clever politician, by the way. So when he met Xi, he shook his hand, but he didn't bow. He didn't do one of those. Then he was seen playing uh, soccer with a Chinese kid, and he fell with the kid, and he didn't hurt the child. He actually sheltered the boy from being hurt by his fall because he has three or four children of his own. Everything that he did there, either by happenstance or on purpose, came off 100% making him look excellent on the world stage. So I think they did a trial balloon, and he he passed with flying colors. Okay, but then what do you do about Kamala? So uh, I don't know. I'm trying to he, think that through. How did they get rid of her? What do they do with her? Well, what that's why I think an open convention is is probably the solution because then the delegates can get blamed. The, the Democrats will blame their own. Uh, but here's here's another thought: who was the third member of the Trinity? Hillary Clinton. Oh, do you God. not think, do you not think no, she would want another term? Oh, no, she's back? still trying to, she's vying to still be the first woman president. So if you have to replace Kamala Harris and you don't want to do it with a white guy, who do you tap? Who do you tap who could plausibly compete with Donald Trump? Michelle Obama. Okay, that's been uh, wrong. I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that. Why, she's making too much money on Netflix? Um, I don't think. She wants the scrutiny that goes with, with the yeah, job. No, no, they're they're shady. They're a shady couple. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and look at look at, you know, uh, Barack Obama, his favorite movies of 2023, one of which he happened to produce his favorite songs of 2023. The media would never ask Donald Trump for his favorite movies, his favorite songs. Uh, and they didn't ask Michelle. It was all Barack. So. I don't think she has the fire in the belly that. Uh, and frankly, you're, mentioning, wait, you're mentioning something interesting. Barack ran twice. He was president twice. Is he limited now? Cannot run again? Yes, he's not. Okay. He cannot run again. Okay. Limited by a, a constitutional uh, amendment, right? Uh, yeah, that was after after uh, Franklin Roosevelt. You know, you, you're limited to two terms. Bill Clinton can't run again. Uh, um, anyway. Yeah, Do you that's, think that's, it's good for Trump to be running again? Well, good in the sense of his of his, uh, you know, I keep I keep flashing back to the end of The Godfather when uh, Michael Corleone is uh, at the baptism and everybody's uh, getting paid back for their crimes. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I suppose it's good for him and I suppose it it would be better for the country than what we've got now. Would it be best if we started fresh? Yes, it would be. It would be. I, I, I love the story that uh, he, he went to order a Coke from the Oval Office desk and pressed the button, and you thought it was the nuclear uh, I He pressed the button. I said, did you just press the fail the fail-safe button? He said, no, I ordered a Diet Coke for my valet. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> he did. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Now, look, we <laughs> we I, I – I wish that that uh, he were still president. <laughs> that's funny. I, I forgot that story. Yeah, I was well, sitting at that desk. Like- What's the name of that desk? It came from the timbers of a great American ship, the Oval uh, Office desk. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember. Don't remember. When I saw that rap throw his feet up on the desk, I got nauseous. Oh, Kardashian's yeah. husband. What's his name? What's the rap guy's name? He calls himself Yay now. Uh, uh, Kanye, that bum, they take them in the Oval Office and that bum throws his feet up on the sacred desk upon which seven presidents conducted 
a state business. I said, to me, this was the lowest point in the history of that presidency. He should have immediately been thrown out of that office. The Secret Service should have been called and thrown him out in his. Yeah. What a bum. Now he's attacking Jews. That's psycho. Oh, well. You don't get excited uh, I, I, over it. You don't get worked up over these things like me. You know what? I, the most disappointing thing to me about, and this is this is trivial compared to what's what went on in Israel. And and I, I talk to my friends there regularly who who are living in a constant state of uh, of stress and and terror. Absolutely. Um, but what what really troubled me is that when I was a kid and my Holocaust survivor and pogrom survivor relatives would say to me, um, you know, you, you all you always have to be alert. Anti everyone's an anti-Semite, they're gonna get you. And I said, That's <laughs> too much, that's too much, that's too much. Jewish paranoia, right? Absolutely. And and you mark it up to that until something like this happens and you say, they were right. They were right. Right. What Which do you mean? Something I, like what? Israel or like, or like, what, like what happened on October 7th or Kanye and, West going off on Jews every other or, day? You know what? There there are degrees of of going off on Jews. And Kanye, again, I we we do live in a, in, in a nation of protected speech. And as long as I have the same liberty to say what I want. Well, why don't people uh, don't talk a, about the crime wave that's sweeping America? They won't even they won't even name the uh, the, the race of uh, of alleged perps in oh, the youth, they'll put up the, they'll put the, team, up the picture. Yeah. No, they show and, a police car in the San Francisco Chronicle when there's a crime. Yeah. A police yeah. car is there is their picture. So the, the, the subway maulings, the, et cetera, going on in, in New York, every city in America is under the siege. Yeah. Well, nobody talks about it, but it's OK for them to be racist. Great. Like Kanye West. So you well, talk I, about you know, what's going to you're going to you talk about what's going to trigger somebody one day. Yeah. How many of these criminals have been triggered by the, the words of Kanye West and those like him to go attack people, white people and Jews with impunity? Many, I would guess. I don't know. But before this, you know, I was I've, I've spent a lifetime as, as, as a martial artist and I was um, asked to train a bunch of Asian friends who were feeling very defenseless during the last wave of hate against uh, Asians. That was against, <laughs> against Asians. So, you know, it's, it's these people, the protesters who were haters, whoever they move, they're, they're like the migrants themselves. They move from place to place to place, looking for someone else to pick on, to take out their frustrations, uh, whatever. So you asked me if, if Kanye West worries me, actually what worries me more is the convenient hypocrisy of, for example, oh, George Washington was a racist uh, because he held slaves and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not, good God, I'm not advocating what, what George Washington did on, on, his, uh, on his estate. It was wrong and it's unfortunate and blah, blah, blah. Um, but when Biden wants to make a speech about January 6th, he goes to Valley Forge then George Washington is okay. Right? So it's it is the it is the insane hypocrisy. You know, I, I we I had relatives who were who were building Volkswagens in in during World War II. Where? Uh, building them in Germany? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, they, they were slave Jews, labor? Healthy, healthy Jewish men 
were used as slave labor. To build and, Volkswagens? Build Volkswagens and, and other, um, other industrial uh, projects. And, you know, look, what, what can one say about the, how, how horrible human beings are? That hasn't already been said. Oh, the dark, the heart of darkness. Come on, Conrad sure touched on it. With yeah, his, oh, absolutely. Is but the human heart good? Is the human heart evil? I think it's it's capable of both. But what you're talking about is what what could trigger uh, a, a civil war? What could trigger another world war when we're already in a civil war in this country? A low grade rolling civil war. We are already in a World War III scenario, a low-grade rolling, just like World War One. It didn't happen. World War One is the exact metaphor. I mean, and, that comparison. Yeah. And I've been saying it since the beginning. When Ukraine and Russia went out at each other in this latest phase, I said, this is just like World War One. One country does this, then the other country does that, then that country reacts to that one, then and that one. Next thing you know, nine million men are dead. Right. And who would have considered an Archduke Ferdinand to be one of the principal triggers of, of a major okay. conflict. So there you go. So, so what what happens? And and this is why the 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 writing of, of political thrillers, not to trivialize world events, is so difficult because you can't possibly predict what's going to happen. We could sit here and talk about all kinds of hypotheses, right? But you can't predict it, Mister Oswald Spengler. Now, I can't say I've read all the pages, but I've dipped yeah, yeah. me in the post-its. It's like the Bible. You should see the things that he says about, you know, the West will decline. The Asians will rise. In 1918, he predicted Asia would wind up running the world. Well, he, he, I mean, look, when, when, you've got, when you've got over a billion Chinese to start the, that with, um, that's not exactly a surprise. They were saying that in the 60s as well. Well, it's the way he wrote this. You should see what he writes about the Jews in here. It's very, very, very interesting. Not anti-Semitic at all. Very interesting, this Spengler. Who was he? Did you ever read him? No, no. No one did. No one really read him. No, I'm, I'm, I'm reading Thomas Aquinas right now, not, not, to, not to be too lofty or anything. No, be austere. I like it. Thomas Aquinas. No, no, no. Thomas Aquinas, you know, because what I'm, what I'm finding, and this, this segues into our other favorite topic of, uh, of religion, is that we we tend to microanalyze current events when if you if you do the the huge pullback to seminal religious events and and uh, the meaning of faith and life and death and all of that, um, I think you find much more reliable truths than we do from day to day to day. And so that's what I've been looking into. I'm going to read you one thing from the decline of the West that you like on socialism. He writes this on page 361. Let us once more review socialism independently of the economic movement of the same name as the Faustian example of civilization dash ethics. Its friends regarded as the form of the future, its enemies as a sign of downfall. And both are equally right. You'll love that one. I know you'll love that yeah. one. Yeah, we are all socialists, wittingly or unwittingly, willingly or unwillingly, even resistance to it wears its form. The guy is a writer. In addition to being a philosopher, Jeff, you would love this thing. I know you have a lot of other things to read, but who writes like that anymore? Well, yeah, 
Yeah, there's that. Um, and in, interestingly, you talk about dichotomies. Uh, wh- when I read the Jerusalem Post in the morning, as I do, um, so, so do the, I. the ads that I see are for new um, residential towers in Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, in I, yeah I'm rushing to buy one, sure. Well, no, that's not the point. Somebody is. Somebody Ooh. is. Ooh. I have no idea. But these are these are gorgeous. These, these are, you know, new Manhattan type skyscrapers. Yes, but they were planned before October 7th. The Doesn't fund. matter. They're they're selling them now. They're selling them now. They're are taking they selling? three orders. Are they selling? I, I don't know. Um, but I'll tell you this. They are emphasizing all of the security uh, installations. Savage. Home of borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. A savage republic inside the plot to destroy America lays out the threats we face, prepare you for what's next, and offer solutions to save our republic. Please wake up and fight back before it is too late. You can buy it right now on Amazon or on bondsandnoble.com. A savage republic inside the plot to destroy America by Michael Savage. Thank you for listening. Share it with five others. You know, Jeff, you talk about Israel again. I personally think Israel received a fatal blow, even if they do destroy a large component of Hamas leadership. The society had a nervous breakdown after this, number one. The sense of insecurity, number two. Uh, Number three, demographics. I can go and don't on forget, and on. don't forget the depletion of the job force. We saw that in World War II in America. Totally. All the men and the young 30s who were running the tech industry are in uniform fighting Hamas. Well, now, the, women are out, the women are out there, too. And, and I has my, my friends, tell, yeah, me, yeah. friends yeah. tell me they have no business. They have absolutely no business. That's why the reservists will let go. Also, the tur- people haven't added this up yet, but you'll read about it tomorrow. Uh, the tourism industry has yeah. to be decimated. Who's going to go there now? Right. Why would you go there unless you're a masochist? Well, and again, let's take let's look at this from an ancient perspective. This is not the first, nor will it be the last time that Jerusalem and the Jews and the, the Eretz Yisrael have taken a body blow. Um, but how many thousands and thousands of years uh, has this been going on and will continue to go on? Well, let's hope that you're, you're right, that it's just a, a continuation and they will survive. Well, don't take my word for it. Take, take, take God's word for it. But I'm not, as an op- I'm not as optimistic as you are that a modern society that is so dependent upon the economics of, uh, of travel, economics of high tech, can survive this. Uh, you know, we could talk about Netanyahu. I immediately thereafter said he should resign because it happened under his watch. It's taken till now for us to read that only 15% of the Israelis want him to stay in office. He's rightly taking the blame. Whether or not he's responsible, he was the president when it happened, right? The prime minister. And if this hadn't happened and there was and there was peace with Saudi Arabia and, and new business arrangements and detente and all of that, um, he would have gotten praise for that. Well, Trump brought us the Abraham Accords, thanks to Jared Kushner and... Uh, the young man that no one even knows who actually wrote the Abraham Accords. But look, it's it's got a huge economy. It is technologically a driving force in the world. Um, I, th- there's there is so much at stake. It's it's almost the, it's almost the too big to fail um, 
uh, scenario again. There's, well, the only there's... thing going for the Israelis right now is that while they are continuing their manhunt, and then by the way, they're taking no prisoners. I mean, yesterday they fired drones into buildings in uh, <clears throat> in Lebanon. Right, right. Knocked out the whole building. They didn't care who else they killed. Well, they killed one of the top the top of Two of them, according to reports, and they didn't care who else they killed in the building. They're at a point of, we don't care. We're going to crush anyone in our way. We're going to get them. They can't hide behind their women and children. They can't hide in residential towers in Beirut anymore. We're going to get them. So they did it. So why didn't the world erupt into World War Three? Hello, there's a secret here. The secret is the moderate Arab nations, of which there are some very powerful ones, want Hamas wiped off the map. And they're very glad to have the Israelis be the bad guys to hunt them down and kill them because Qatar wants them gone. Saudi Arabia wants them gone. Egypt wants them gone. And other moderate Arab nations of tremendous importance want Hamas wiped off the planet because they know that these Hamasniks will wind up taking over their countries if they're not stopped. That's what I think. Well, and again, before Trump, that's what they were saying about ISIS, too. ISIS, ISIS, ISIS. It was it was on everybody's mind. And uh, it didn't happen. It did not happen. What didn't happen? ISIS did not take over the entire region. Despite yeah, because, because Trump got together with Putin and wiped them off the map using right. these wipe using the American and Russian Air Force forces to kill them. Correct. And if now Biden Putin is our office, enemy. Now Putin's our worst enemy. Well, again, how quickly do these things change? It's it's. It's a matter of who needs what when. Remember that old Samuel Goldwyn line when when he was running the studio? He said, I don't ever want to see that f- a lot again until I need him. <laughs> and that's the way it is. You know that's the way it is with world politics. I love that one. Yeah. Before we do end the podcast, because I know your time is, is very precious to you. Not when it comes to you, Michael. Well, we'll do this again very soon. I'm not going to wait till the end of the year to do it again. So we're in 24th. Uh, presidential year, Trump, 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 Biden, 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 uh, war, 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 civil war, civil war, civil war, economy, economy, economy. What is your feeling of what's going to happen leading up? I know it's crazy. You don't want to make predictions. Only a fool would do that. How do you want to end this? Where do you want to go with this conversation? I don't want to put you on the spot with a prediction. I wouldn't do that. Well, again, you know, there was, um, just to to get back to the Middle East for a second, there was an Iranian activist um, who um, who went to talk to the Knesset and told them to to be unafraid about attacking Tehran. And the implication from what I was reading in, in the Jerusalem Post was that you have uh, millions of people who are ready to rise up if they if they see weakness in the government. So mm. if if that is, in fact, true, does that correlate to the United States at all? And I don't think so. Again, it's a matter of numbers. There are far too many sane people in this country to be pushed by these crackpots who are counterproductive when they block Grand Central Station or an airport or glue themselves to a painting. Oh, I hate that. All right. I hate when they do that, when they go into our museums. That almost bothers me more than anything. Well, but again, they're not they're not winning friends. But what do they, they don't want it. They like to upset people. That, that's 
That's it. They Don't like miss the point. These are dis- they're known as disturbers. These are mentally disturbed losers on the bottom of our society who are sexual deviants or social outcasts. And by gluing themselves to a museum or throwing paint on a great masterpiece, I personally would make it a crime punishable by 10 years at hard labor. This is our cultural heritage. No, you don't get to to destroy a Van Gogh. You don't get to destroy a Rembrandt. You don't get to deface the Metropolitan Museum. 10 years at hard labor. That's what I would do. Here's the thing. None of these people, I dare say not one, is willing to die for whatever cause they are supposedly espousing. Well, they love getting arrested. You see when they block the road to an airport, how happy they are to be put in the paddy wagon. You know how exciting that is to these these chazes and these pigs, these losers. You could see they're thrilled because they know nothing's going to happen to them. But if they right. were given what if they were given one year at hard labor in Louisiana or Alabama? It would stop, it would stop overnight, just like one year in Louisiana or Alabama on a chain gang. And all of a sudden, the protest would stop. As soon as as soon as some of the law firms and, and accounting firms in Wall Street uh, put out the word that they weren't hiring any of the people who signed X, Y or Z letter. I remember that. It was, oh, no, no, no. I didn't know what I was signing. Oh, please. oh. I, you know, as soon as their livelihood, their life, their plans are upset, they stop. And hmm. that's that's true about so many of these protesters. Uh, so I don't I really don't fear it the way I would in another country. I do fear the the people that we've let into this country who have uh, uh, a malicious intent toward us. Um, but you know what? These are these are going to be tragic one offs if they occur. Well, you're uh, an optimist. You've always like we yeah. wrote in the books, uh, um, Stop Mass Hysteria together. And your historic perspective was always sort of We've seen this before. We'll survive this. You still have that feeling? I do. I do. And again, you look back, you look back through history. My gosh, go back to to when the Hittites or the the Mycenaeans or any of these great empires. The Persian Empire was the greatest the world had ever seen. Then what happened? Well, the mistake they made was to, I think it was Athens that they burned in in their conquest. So what happens when Alexander reaches Persia? He burns the main of uh, Persepolis. He burns it to the ground. Uh, so what is ultimately gained by any of this? Here you had a society, the Persians, the Iranians, the Persians who could build earthquake-proof buildings at that time, you know, 600 BC, 1200 BC. Um, and by the way, you had the Philistine, the Philistines um, who Philistia was, uh, I believe, roughly where Gaza is now, uh, whence the word Palestine, hmm. um, were, were busy migrating because of drought. Uh, and so they went to live with the Hittites, with the Egyptians, with others. Um, it's, it's uh, yes, everything repeats itself. Well, yes, and I'm very pessimistic. If you look at the history of Rome broke, <clears throat> being destroyed, And I I read one line throughout the third century, the Roman Empire decaying socially and disintegrating morally faced the barbarians. And then the barbarians broke the empire into east and west. That is eerily reminiscent to me or similar to what we are experiencing in America. Well, with one difference. But who would argue that we are not decaying socially and disintegrating morally and that the 10 million barbarians that Biden has led into this nation are not going to break this nation in two? 
Well, for one thing, the Roman Empire was overstretched. Let, let's not forget that. Well, we're that, not overstretched in Ukraine, Russia, uh, Israel, Saudi Arabia, Japan. Our, our we're, fleet, we're, our aircraft carriers all over the world. I think we're overstretched. Well, we're over indebted. That's for sure. Um, yeah, talk about the debt for a minute. How do we get out of that one? Boy, that's <laughs> we stopped spending. Did you notice <laughs> even the liberals are saying, yes, the debt matters. The New York Times came out with that suddenly. Yes, the debt matters. How did they come yeah. to that uh, recognition? Well, when somebody asks somebody to sign a check for all the student loan forgiveness, I suppose, uh, or or free health care for, for illegals or, or any of these. But other- Newsom just going to give free health care to anyone who comes into the state. How is that? We're broke. With seventy billion dollars in debt, he's giving free health care to them. You know, well, I paid I paid nine hundred and seventy five dollars for a renewal on a prescription that I take. Nine hundred and seventy five dollars. Wow. Medicaid doesn't cover it. So I said out loud in the pharmacy for it was when people were too stupid. I said, well, I guess someone has to support Biden's illegal aliens. And no one even responded. They didn't even know what the hell I was talking about. But that's where that money's going. I'm or, or, or free or free COVID vaccines or whatever, or whatever yeah. other. Uh, uh, government giveaway there is. Um, well, there, there's your socialism for you. You're paying for what other people are getting. Well, um, our dear friend uh, Spengler said that we're all socialists. This country's a long way onto, into socialism, no matter what we may think. Well, again, is it is it really and is it irredeemably so? And is anybody going to shut down Wall Street? And is anybody going to stop entrepreneurial uh, enterprise? Uh, no, I don't think so. And that's that's the, the great thing about the resilience of this country. Uh, you look back at 1929. Nobody thought we were going to get out of that one alive. Uh, and we did. Bill Ackman demands Harvard's board resign in 4,000 word screed blasting university just came out in the post. Yeah. It's about yeah. time. Who is it? Who are, who is there a Harvard's board? <clears throat> They're all DEI, aren't they? Probably. I, I don't know. I pay no attention to uh, the growing lunacy of free health insurance for migrants. Another great story, right? Jeff of the making of many podcasts. There is <laughs> no end. <laughs> I Thank you for joining my loyal listeners for 2024. And I pray to God that we're both here to do this again next January. But of course, we'll do it before then. We'll do it before. We really, we really have to do a deep dive into faith and religion. I think uh, into what? Say that again. We have to do a deep dive. What? A deep dive into faith and religion and moral, uh, an objective morality and, um, uh, the things that we have lost along the way. That's for next time. Next time. Unless there's a catastrophic event worldwide, which is uh, on a scheme of likely kind of high. Well, you know, look, if they, if if it's at that level, nobody's going to be listening to podcasts. There probably won't be an uh, electrical grid. And the other, before we go, the other great battlefield, outer space. Yeah. Outer space. I'm busy that is going earth. to be... Low Earth orbit is going to be such a battleground. What each country shooting down the other guy's satellites? Shooting down nothing. You 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 got you got satellites that can kill satellites just with pulses. You know, I I, I don't remember the details, but China just sent up something, um, and we've got our spy plane back in orbit. Um, who knows what's going on up there? That's that's really the uh, the, the new frontier, but not in a way that uh, that Kennedy meant it. Mm. 
Well, you shouldn't be worried because the head of the Space Force is a transgendered uh, a woman who had been a man whose first order of business, this uh, lieutenant general put in there by Obama, is to make sure there's diversity in the Space Force. So rest assured that we're going to have the best scientists in the world, not in the Space Force. <laughs> Again, that's getting headlines. I'm not sure that that's the... the... <laughs> why are they obsessed with this topic of trans? I want to know why. Why is who obsessed? This country. What, what's this obsession with transgenderism? It's not. It really isn't. You ask nine out of ten people, probably even up more than that, what they think, and they, they won't care. Just leave me alone. But wait, what? of course that's most people. But then when did that ever matter? Why is Biden pushing this on everybody? Maybe you'll have him on and you can ask him. Yeah, it's uh, not Biden. I, we know it's not him. It's it's always the people around the leader who are doing these things. And so that White House is infested, infested with this mentality. Well, but it was don't forget, it was also. And I, I used to have this conversations. I, I would go to, to these um, uh, meetings at the uh, LGBT center in the West Village because a, a friend had told me. Uh, about how the nomenclature was changing. And uh, as, a, as an author, uh, I was interested in what she meant by that. So I went to these meetings. Um, and until I, By the way, until I was outed as straight, then I wasn't allowed to go anymore. Um, so th Very there tolerant. was your inclusivity. But, but what, what some of the people were saying is now that we have gay marriage, we need something else to rally oh. fundraising and... Uh, uh, so it's a slippery yeah, look, look slope. It's a slippery slope. You give them this, they want more, 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 more. Well, but it's it's really about money and not necessarily a social conscience. Because how many people are we actually talking about? Why why is that more important than all of the junkies who are dying in the streets of Philadelphia, New York, and Los Angeles? I don't know. But you've got let... public shooting galleries. And I wouldn't let it go on. I no, wouldn't let it go not. on. I could clean it up in six weeks. Yeah, and and Trank, there was there was a wonderful article. I think it was in the Post yesterday, the New York Post, about uh, about Trank and the Philadelphia streets and how users were paying other users yeah, to, to shoot sh them shooters, up because they were too shooters. unsteady. Right, they were too unsteady to do their own injections, and they got more press than I've ever gotten in all my life. The shooter of the Trank, the junkie in the street, got more press in this sick country than I've gotten after thirty books. Right. So <laughs> why? Why? So you're asking me, why are they getting attention? First of all, we're talking about it. It's it's newsworthy on a certain level, but it it also underscores how messed up our priorities are. These people need help. Man they need help dog. before we take in migrants, before before we worry about bathrooms. I think you, you've probably seen that viral video of the misgendered person at the airline counter. I think it was Delta. It was a couple of days ago. Look it up. Um, really this, the, 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 the agent handled it so well saying, if you basically, if you want to be offended, you know, go ahead, go ahead. I'll get the port authority police to escort you out of here. Oh, someone created a ruckus because they said, sir, because you just misgendered me. You misgendered me again. You misgendered me again. Oh, one of and those it, people. It, but again, I'm sitting here talking about it. It's really not newsworthy, but 
it's one of those things that kind of catches your ear and your eye and you say, well, maybe there's maybe there's a hope for balance again when somebody will stand up and say, I did not mean an offense. So I'm ringing the Liberty Bell and I'm thinking of the George Orwell statement about what you just said, that the more they scream about freedom, 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 I can hear their chains rattling. The more they scream about freedom, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, the gender, you can yeah. hear their chains rattling. On that note, Jeff, let us break our chains for the new year and go forward with courage and integrity as best we can in this insane, demented world. Thank you, Michael, and uh, thank you for closing with, uh, with a literary <laughs> reference. Oh, which reference? A literary reference. <laughs> which one was that? The Orwell. Uh, what was his real name? What was I forget his name. Uh, uh, Blair. Eric Blair. <laughs> Eric Blair. Eric Blair. Old Eric Blair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You know, maybe we'll start the next one. We're talking about Eric Blair and the, the prescience of him as an author. Uh, you know, uh, Orwell and Huxley, they nailed it all. That's really as far as you got to go if you want to know. My favorite what. authors is a young man. Yeah. All yeah. right, Jeff. Have a wonderful uh, couple or whatever till we see each other again. Stay in touch. Don't be a stranger. No. Thank Take you. Care, brother. Thanks. Blessings, brother. Thank you. Savage. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.